Good morning, Transformation Church. It is good to be here with you today. Man, God is moving. Um, I want to start off by giving honor where honor is due. Um, and I just want to say thank you to our pastors, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Sandra. Thank you for leading us so well. Um, and I, I want to give a little more weight to that by going behind the scenes a little bit. Um, every Tuesday we have staff meeting and our staff gathers together and uh, we get a lot of prayer requests that come in online and, and we, we print those and, and uh, there's, there's a lot of discretion, but we, we use those to, to get together and to pray for what God is doing in the lives of the people that we're doing life with. And I just, I, I want to say thank you for building this house on the foundation of prayer. Because that is a foundation that will last. And that's the right foundation to build this house on. And so I'm so thankful for your leadership. Let's give it up for them one more time. Thank you. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Dylan. I'm our ministries director here. Uh, And so uh, I just, I love being here. I love you guys. It's so fun to do life together. Um, And so I'm going to share the title of my message today is Kingdom builders. Um, And it's one of my favorite things in the whole entire world to talk about is the kingdom of God. And in the Bible, it talks about it in two different ways. It talks about the kingdom of God. And then Matthew, he does it a little different. He says the kingdom of heaven, but they're synonymous. It's the same thing. So if you hear me switching back and forth, just know they're the same thing, okay? Uh, It's it's one of my favorite topics, so much so that it was kind of how I met my wife, Sierra, um, we were at a bonfire, and I was the new guy back in town, and we were sitting around the fire, and uh, it, was, it was a great night, and people were talking, and, and then I heard her start talking, and she started talking about the kingdom of God, and she was sharing just about her love for the kingdom of God, and she really loves the prophet Elijah, and so she started talking about the prophet Elijah, and I said, hey, girl, Woo! And I scooted myself across to the, her side of the bonfire, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I'm a theology nerd. Let's go. Let's start talking about this. And we started to talk about it, and, and uh, it was really neat. And, and then for some reason, it took like a year and a half for me to decide, like, oh, this was, God was showing me who's going to be my wife right there. Like, this is really good. I need to pursue her. And, um, So it's one of my favorite topics, and Jesus talks about it a whole lot. Uh, As he's traveling around and he gathers the disciples to follow him, he starts to teach about the kingdom of God, so much so uh, that he mentions it 53 times in Scripture. It's, It's mentioned a whole lot. It's something that he teaches about over and over and over, and he mentions it. Uh, and, and I put myself in the, the spot of the disciples. I try to think about how they would have experienced this. And uh, they, they're following Jesus, and he's starting to talk about this thing called the kingdom of God. But they got to figure out what it is that Jesus means. Because Jesus uses it all over the place. And we, let's take a look. So one of the ways that Jesus uses it, is Mark chapter 1, verse 15, it says, The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And I'm thinking, if I'm a disciple and I'm standing there and I hear Jesus say the kingdom of God is, is near, and I'm looking around going, wait a second, we're in the middle of nowhere, and that guy John, he's eating locusts and honey. What kind of kingdom is this? What did I sign up for? 
He's talking about the kingdom of God, and, and John the Baptist is over here, and, and he's wearing camel hair. And, and so they're, they're starting to learn about this, and I, I would imagine that there was a little bit of like, what in the world is he talking about? Peter, what, are you, what is happening? And so he continues, he talks about it in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And if I'm thinking, I'm going, what kind of kingdom are we building? Where's the gold? Like, where's the, where's the riches? He talks about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this kingdom is is. Not quite yet here. We got to pray for it. We got to seek it. And so maybe the disciples are starting to get a little bit of understanding. But then all the other people, it's like, where is this kingdom? We got to seek it. And, and Jesus teaches over and over. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. I challenge you, go, go take a look. Start to look at where Jesus teaches all these parables. A lot of them begin with the kingdom of God is like this. And he starts to teach and he starts to tell them about it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, he said, or 19, he says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And so if you will, you have to start to follow these commands. So Jesus is teaching in parables and he's starting to teach about the commands of God, what it looks like to follow him. And it, I, I think of this of like, okay, I got to put on the uniform. But what if I don't like the way the uniform looks? Like maybe I don't necessarily feel like this, uh, this is the, the way I want to look or these are the commands that I want to follow. And, and so now the kingdom of God has some sacrifice to it. And I got I to gotta wear the jersey. And so uh, he continues, and this is the last one we're going to look at, John's followers. John the Baptist sends people to, to talk to Jesus. And he says, hey, is this really going to happen? Like, are we building a kingdom or not? What are we, what's, what's the plan? What are we doing? Uh, and Jesus' response to him is this, Luke chapter 7, verse 22. He says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And that's a strange plan to me. Are we building a hospital or a kingdom? But Jesus is saying, hey, this kingdom is a little bit different. And he's teaching about it. And, and there, there are people that are starting to catch on. Like, wait, this kingdom is not about gold and building walls and all that kind of stuff. This kingdom is about healing a brokenness that, and a void in the world that has been missing. And so it's a, it's a much bigger mission that Jesus is on. But I still think that if, if we take all of this and we look at all of it, it's important that we start to sum it up. Because we didn't have time, but there are verses and verses and verses. And so let, let's start to sum it up. I think the first thing that we can walk away from with this is, number one, that Jesus is not necessarily referencing a place. 
right? There, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's always a, a place. It's maybe a, a state of being. So, there's something to it. Number two, the kingdom is here, but not all the way here. It's dynamic. It's already, but not yet. Because there, there are people that are starting to grasp, like, okay, Jesus is building a kingdom. But I can imagine there are people in the crowd that are going, wait, wait where, where is the kingdom? Like, I'm signing up to do something. I want to do something big. I want to, I want to free our, our nation from the oppression of the Roman government. Like, let's do it. Number three, miracles happen. The brokenness of our world seems to be healed when the kingdom of God is at hand. Where the kingdom of God, and I think this is why this is so significant, the brokenness of sin in our world that we experience begins to be healed under the the power of the kingdom of God in our lives and in the world around us. We experience it. So if we put all this together in one line and gave it a definition— which it's a big term, but let's try. We gave it a definition. I would say this. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. It's dynamic. It, it has a lot to it. And so as a disciple, I've, I'm now following Jesus. And we've, we've heard all about this kingdom. We're starting to see it in different areas, and, and it's moving, and now we've got to go build it. And I'd imagine them getting together and saying, all right, here we go. One, two, three. Ready, go. And then they all walk away going, wait, what, 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 do, we, what do we do? Like, I kind of started to understand what the kingdom of God is. Like, enough that I'm excited. Like, this is good. Like, there are miracles that happen with the kingdom of God. Like, it's, this is a great thing. But what's the game plan? What do I do? It made me think of a, a time when I was almost out of college. It was my senior year, and some of my friends had graduated. And, and at that time of life, you know, you're, you're gung-ho. Like, I'm ready to go change the world. This is exciting. I'm about to experience real life, finances. I'm about to have mortgage, maybe, if God would let me. Like, there's some good things, you know? And I was excited. And I went to Chick-fil-A, and I saw one of my friends working there who I knew had gotten a job, and it was really awesome. And, and so I went up to him, and I just looked at him. I was like, is, is it just so wonderful? Like, I'm so excited for you. You got this job. Like, whoa, isn't it awesome? And he turns and completely shifts the conversation. And he goes, I, I just wake up every day going, isn't there something more? And I'm like, man, I'm never going to grow up. This is rough. Wow. This is tough. I think the problem is he didn't have a game plan. So many times I think we come to church and we experience the kingdom of God. We experience the move of God. Man, come on. We got people getting baptized. We got the spirit breaking out. We got miracles happening. We had a prayer wall over there. God is moving. Then we go home, and Monday morning, we go one, two, three, break. 
What do I do? What, what's the game plan? I think Jesus left us with a game plan. He did not just leave us to figure this whole thing out, right? We have not been called to be the church that sits, soaks, and sours, right? That's how it goes, right? We've been called to do something. We gather together not just to see like, ooh, God moved. Like, great, that is awesome. We see God moving because it changes the world, right? There is a healing of the brokenness of sin that is happening as the kingdom of God advances on the earth. There is a point to all this. There's a purpose, and Jesus leaves us with that game plan. He leaves us with it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. It says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I think this verse is the game plan. And some of you just went, huh? This is a verse from the King James Version, so it's an older translation. And if you look at some of the NIV uh, and different translations, you'll see that it started to change. Uh, but I think that this, this game plan that Jesus leaves us, it, we have to do a little bit of work with. We have to do a little bit of work, and it's this awesome, incredible thing called linguistics. Woo! It's fun. And so I am a nerd through and through, and I love linguistics so much that, like, I took, I took classes where we just translated the books of the Bible. Like, we would walk in, and our professor would be like, hey, what's the translation? And I'd be like, Google, I need your help, please. It was intense. And so I just, I, I've developed a love for linguistics, and I want to share that with you today. So what we have here uh, is... Um, this verse, and as I look at it initially, there's some things that don't make sense, right? We talked about the poor in spirit inheriting the kingdom of, of God, and here it's the violent take it by force, and so we, there is a little bit of work to be done, and, and so I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to look at the verb in question, suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Violence. This particular word is the Greek word biazzo. And what biazzo means is suffers violence, but the translation here is passive. All right, y'all with me? We good? Okay, we're taking the deep dive. And we'll be out on the other side, I promise. This, this is a passive translation, meaning that the, the action is happening to the kingdom of heaven. Something is acting upon the kingdom of heaven. But a much better translation of this, ver- this verb is active. An active translation means that the action originates from within the kingdom and is happening outward. How do we know this? We go to the Septuagint. Now, the Septuagint is an old Greek translation of the Old Testament. So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but they had to translate it over to Greek so that other people could read it. So they did. And when they translated it over to Greek, this word biazzo shows up. And it shows up when the word parats is used in Hebrew. And the word parats is always used actively. And it, and it always means this. It means forcefully advancing. 
And so we stand on solid linguistic ground to say, hey, the kingdom of God is not suffering violence, but the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing on the earth. The second one is this, is the, the, the second half of this. It says, um, and the violent take it by force. This word take it shows up in other places of the New Testament. It shows up in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, when it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so uh, we, we draw some conclusions because we look at some of the other uses of this word. And in the Septuagint, the word radoth, the Hebrew word radoth is often used for this same word, uh, the same word harpazo. And so what we draw some conclusions is that maybe take it is not the best translation because it doesn't match the active use of the verb in the first part. Woo, y'all with me? We're almost there. We're coming out. All right, here we go. We're coming out on the other side. So a better translation of this one would be to pursue it. Like seek first his kingdom. We pursue his kingdom. And so what we get is I think the power of the word of God when we see it true, like when we see the truth of it, when we do the work to dig in and see this, and and now the, the word of God, it's taking on power, and we get this verse, it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been breaking forth, and those breaking forth are pursuing it. And so there is our game plan. There is the game plan for what it looks like to pursue the kingdom, for what it looks like to spread the kingdom of God, to be a kingdom bringer. And so what happened here is when Jesus said this verse, in the mind of the hearer, as he talks about the kingdom of heaven breaking forth, there's a picture that arises. Because Jesus was a teacher. And when you're a good teacher, you start, you don't just say things, but you bring pictures to mind, right? You bring, you use, if you were a really good teacher, you would make use of uh, the culture and the things that we all understand and what we use. And so this picture arises in the mind of the hearer, and it comes from Micah chapter 2, verse 13, where the word parats shows up. So that breaking forth, there's a link here, and Jesus was likely referencing it. It says this, the one who breaks open, who breaks open the way will go up before them, and they will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. And so what we see in this verse is this reference to breaking forth. And so I brought someone to help me demonstrate this picture. His name is Tom Hanks. And um, I want to try to teach it good. So I brought, I brought an illustration. And so Tom Hanks is going to help us. He's going to come up here. And I want you to see what Jesus was talking about. I'm going to unlock the gate for Tom Hanks. He's going to go in uh, our sheep pen. Here's the problem. I am not from the country. And so the best sheep pen I've got is a dog pen. And the best sheep I've got is a goat. And so you'll have to imagine with me. 
But what Jesus is saying in this moment is that uh, the kingdom of heaven is, is like all the, the animals who have been cooped up in the pen. And what, what happened is the shepherd would go out and they would be in the field and they would be moving around in the field. And, and sometimes they would have to stay in a cave. And sometimes they would have to stay in a pen and they would have to pick out where they were going to stay. But always they would do something. They would uh, build up a gate. And so they would build up this gate so that the, the sheep would be safe in the pen overnight. Safe from the predators, safe from uh, any sort of outside force. And so as they built up this uh, gate, they would either lie down in front of it to protect them or something like that. But every morning this event would happen, and this is the most important part of it. Every morning an event would happen where the sheep would break out. They would break out. And I'll tell you, Tom Hanks, he wants out. Thank you, Tom Hanks. I appreciate it. You did so good, bud. Tom Hanks. So here's the deal. <laughs> good job, Tom. This event is what Jesus was referencing and hoping that his followers would picture in their mind. And it happens, and it even happens with goats, it happens with all these animals, is that in the morning, there is this breaking out, the forcefulness. Think about that goat, like, whoop, boom, that would hurt, right? There's this forcefulness with which they break out. And he is saying, hey, here's the deal, that right now, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and I am the king who has been the good shepherd who has ripped open the door and is passing through in front and led the way so that now the kingdom of heaven like the sheep pouring out of the pen is forcefully advancing on the earth. And this is, this is why we see healings happening. This is where we see miracles happening. We see the kingdom Pouring out on the earth, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lost are being found, and the mundane now becomes holy because the kingdom is advancing. So the first part of the game plan is this, that whether, no matter what our efforts, no matter what we do, the kingdom of heaven is advancing on the earth because he, the king, the good shepherd, has torn open the gate as he died and was raised to life on the cross. The second part is this, and this is our role, is that if you want to be a part of it, pursue it. Game plan. He said, and those breaking forth are pursuing it. The way that we pursue it is we follow his teachings on the kingdom. Like we repent and we believe. We talked about it. Mark chapter 1, right? We humble ourselves. Matthew 5, we follow his commands. Matthew chapter 5, again, we seek God in prayer, Matthew chapter 6. See, Jesus came to the earth and he started to teach this message. And he said, hey, the kingdom of God is advancing on the earth. And our role is to pursue it with everything that we have. And, it, and the way that we pursue it is we, we pray, we seek God, we open up the word, we begin to follow his ways. 
And I caught this and I said, man, this is such a big deal. Because some of you may have walked in here today and you're going, man, uh, what's the game plan? I see God breaking out all over the place. And I've been praying and seeking him for a move in my family. And I just haven't seen it. Or, or maybe you're coming in here and you're going, man, what is this all about? And I, I just am not sure what, what is my role in this? And I, I began to seek God and I said, God, I need, I need a picture. Because this kingdom thing is tough. It's tough to really nail down. Because when I leave here, life gets hard. And, and maybe it's like I, I go home and, and it's hard to keep my anger at bay. And it's hard to follow his commands. And all these different things are, are challenging. And, but I want to be a, a kingdom pursuer. I want to be a kingdom builder. And so I felt like God really gave me a picture of what this looks like. And, and I'm going to show you a clip from a movie. And, and in this clip, there's one man left. And he's the only one left on the battlefield. And the enemy army is vast. And it looks like there is no way. It looks like there's no hope. But check out what happens. Can I encourage you today? Yeah. It may feel like the enemy is at the gates. But here is the truth about what the word of God says is that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. That we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who go with us, who go before us. You see, here's the deal. One of my favorite things to do is to go to schools. And I love walking in the hallway of a school because there's so many kids who need Jesus. And when I walk down the hallway of the school, there's something inside of me that comes up. It's a nervousness. It's like I remember middle school and it was hard. But here's what happens is I start to think about who God is and who he says he is. And he says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. And so here's what happens. Pops up on my right is now the angel, the host of heaven. And Elijah's with me. And here's the deal. There, I am not walking in alone. I am surrounded by the rule and reign of an all-powerful almighty God who goes before me. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. And so you may have walked in here today and it feels like the enemy is at the gates. Can I encourage you that there is nothing we do to make the kingdom of heaven advance. You don't have to get yourself right you don't have to have it all put together. You don't have to, to, to have a game plan. God has given us the game plan, and it's that his kingdom is advancing, and our only job is to pursue it. So let's be kingdom chasers. Let's be kingdom chasers. Where I go. Go, the kingdom breaks forth. That means when I'm sitting in the driveway after a long day of work and I'm about to get out of the car and I know I'm about to walk in the house and there's a three-year-old waiting who's going to hang on my neck 
and it's going to be tough and we're going to wrestle and she's going to cry and all of those things that I walk in with a supernatural ability to love her because I've put in the work to pursue God and the kingdom of heaven goes forth. We experienced this in our own life, and I'm going to close with this story. We, we experienced this when uh, my daughter was being born. Her name is Oakland. And as she was, she was being born, she, uh, they did ultrasounds on her, and they discovered that she had something called IUGR, and it's interuterine growth restriction. And what that diagnosis means is that it was asymmetrical, so her head was in the 80th percentile or so, and her body was in the 20th. And so she would be born with a lot of complications, developmental delays. She would need a lot of help in the first few years of her life with a small chance of having everything functioning normal. Along with that were complications for Sierra. This, this particular uh, diagnosis meant that the, the birth may not go very smoothly. And so they started to present us with alternatives. Some of those alternatives included termination. And here's the deal. I'm taking Jesus at his word. And his word says that I don't walk in the kingdom of the world anymore. I may not always see it. I may not always be able to grasp it. But I walk by the power of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God now. And so we began to pray. We began to seek God. And we began to get all our prayer warriors together. And at the school, we began to to pray. The school I worked at, we had chapel and there were all kinds of kids and they started to pray and believe that God would do some miraculous work. And what happened was a few weeks later, we got a call from the doctor and the doctor said, hey, uh, something went wrong and, and, and what we're seeing now in the follow-up ultrasounds is that your daughter is completely healthy. And here, here's, here's what I believe about that, is that when we walk in the kingdom of heaven, we begin to see God move and act in our lives, but it may not always be what we want. And when it's not always what we want, we're still walking in the kingdom of heaven because God gives us a supernatural peace. He gives us a supernatural love, an ability to love our neighbors, an ability to, to reach out and to see him moving even if, even if. And so my encouragement today for you is this. You don't have to have it together. You don't have to have it all figured out. But the kingdom of God is here. And it's moving. And it's advancing on the earth. Let's chase it. Let's chase it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you here today. And you're saying, hey. I want to take Jesus at his word. I want to be a kingdom chaser. 
And I've never stepped into the kingdom of God. I've never, I've never figured this out. And, and maybe it's the first time I'm, I'm going to encounter the kingdom. And uh, the Bible said this, right? Mark chapter 1, we read it. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The first step of pursuing the kingdom of God is to repent and believe in our heart. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe. Believe in your heart that he is Lord. And now you move from the kingdom of this world and you are walking in the new reality of the kingdom of God. And God didn't just leave us to do it on our, on our own, right? He sent himself, the Holy Spirit, to, to dwell in our hearts. And, and through him, he guides us and directs us and helps us to live in the kingdom of heaven. Amen.